Hey everyone, this is Austin Schur here with We Write About Music, and today I'm speaking with Joey Cook. She's just shared her all-new single titled Chamomile, and I am super excited to talk to her all about it. Joey, thank you so much for coming on today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. What part of the world are you in? I'm in Los Angeles right now. I'm from Virginia originally. Nice. I'm I also in Los Angeles. We're probably like right around the corner from each other without that. Probably. Realizing. Yeah. Is that you across the street right now? <laughs> I think that might be. <laughs> Super weird. Awesome. Well, yeah. Great day to be in LA. I'm enjoying this uh, cooler weather, I have to say. And uh, yeah, but obviously I brought you on because I want to talk all about this song. And really the first thing that I want to know about it is what it's all about. What does it mean to you and what sort of inspired you writing it? Uh, Camille was, uh, so this is the first record I'm making of all of my own music. Um, my whole goal with this is to take these, what I call bedroom songs. Um, so when I wrote the song, I was super, super sad. I just went through a divorce. I just got sober. I just did a million things in my life right before quarantine. Great idea. Perfect timing. Perfect yeah. time to be super lonely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm by myself in the universe. There like, you go. Take it. You go. Uh, but yeah, it started off as this really, really, really small, heartbreaking, just like finger picking, very slow, um, just sad, just fucking sad song. And we uh, took it and I took it into a studio that I'm recording at now. And we just sped it up and sped it up and sped it up and then added these guitars and added all these huge sure. crazy drums and then all of a sudden this you know itty bitty bedroom song became this giant giant rock and roll song and it reflected i think my emotions about the song as well like when i wrote it i was so so sad and mm -hmm. then after you know time passes and everything like that i was kind of fucking angry i was pissed off i don't blame you at all yeah, I think it really reflected just my mindset on the whole thing as well of just like starting off with this small thing and then growing into this big, big sound. And I think it was, this is the second single I've released um, for this new record. Mm -hmm. And the first one was kind of a like transitional song of like, people are kind of used to, people are used to hearing me in different ways. I am former reality show kid where I sang covers and was the quirky quirk girl on the show um had your hair accordion they got to stand out right <laughs> um, and then after that i was a jazz singer so i toured the world singing jazz and so people when they hear me or they hear my name they expect to hear these things which right. is they're all characters you know what i mean like i don't think i'm jessica rabbit it's not a thing i you know don't wear sequins in my day-to-day -day life it's not a <laughs> So the first song was very, it started off pretty small to keep, I guess, to keep like my already fans comfortable. <laughs> I didn't start off slamming on guitars and banging on drums, um, sure. but the song grew into something bigger. Whereas this one, I think we kind of made it as like a really good introduction to what the rest of this record is going to be, which is big. We're making rock and roll music now. Um, and this song, I feel like is the perfect statement for that there's no easing into anything the shit just right. shit just pedal and goes you know i agree no especially knowing the background of the song and what inspired it i i always like to listen to the lyrics make those connections and then yeah. be like does the sound of the song resemble what the song is about and i feel like it lines up perfectly right. 
because it is like an emphatic statement. I think that anything slower might not have like hit the button as hard, but I feel that obviously right. like after you going into the studio and producing it and figuring out like ultimately it, it came out to sound as it should have. Like the, even the enunciation changed. <laughs> right, right. It's like really nice. Oh my God. So like I am screaming, oh my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. and then, on it, which I loved. I love taking the same sentence and saying it, you know, in a very sad way. And then all of a sudden you switch your diction over. And like when we were recording it, I would like run around the, the microphone in a circle for a hot second before we recorded it to like- Gotta get, gotta get it out. Out for it, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to know a little bit about the production and the studio side. So when it comes to the production, how hands-on are you when it comes, obviously, like the sounds and the end product, but also what was the studio life like when you're putting this all together? It's been such a crazy experience. So I've never actually done studio time. It sounds like jail time. Never <laughs> Just a little bit of studio time, five years. But never actually like spend time in a studio the way that other people did I think mm -hmm. um everything that I've done prior to this record has notoriously been a one take situation so like when you're on a reality show Sorry, you yeah. have one chance it's one song right. and then done, That's you know the most nerve-wracking thing I, I can only assume yeah there's no punching in on, <laughs> can't really do that right. Um, and the jazz band that I play with, all of our videos are not notoriously like a one to five take thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's not, we don't punch it. The whole thing is recorded live. Um, when you're recording them as vocalists, you can't hear what the fuck is going on. You're just trusting <laughs> that you're singing it correctly. And so this is the first time I was able to go into the studio and actually work on something. And I got to see how different my just recording style is from everyone else so like my co-producer on this he we are polar opposites he builds music on the computer okay music on a midi he puts the beats on it he and then he hits lyrics last it's a it's a thing it's it's production and right. i am the exact opposite so the way that we had to record these songs was individually recording instruments while playing it live yeah. because the the feel complete was, opposite. Yeah, it's the complete yeah. opposite because I'm used to doing live performances. I'm not used to, I can't sing a song the same if I'm, you know, headphones in, in a room by myself and my band isn't there. No. It's just not the same. So I feel like I, you're, you can pull emotion from your band, especially jazz, which is maybe the most emotional music it, that exists. Everyone's kind of in their own world, but in the same world and you feed off of their energy. It's a whole different situation. It's like a conversation with your band. It's exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. Pushing each other to, you know, my guitarist starts going really hard. You know, I start singing. <laughs> yeah. You're pushing each other the whole time. It's really beautiful. Um, but yeah, the studio I'm recording at, it's called Black and Gold Studios. It's actually brand fucking new. Where is it at? Um, it's in downtown Whittier. Um, so oh. it's a little bit of a drive from yeah, us. Yeah. Uh, well worth it. I feel like I've never had that opportunity before like even with with what i've done i think people assume that there is this like success that goes along with it which is within the groups that i'm performing with but once it's just me by myself those opportunities are not there 
Right. So it's like, like I can say like, oh, I, you know, did a European tour with a jazz band, but realistically getting back home, it's it's like, I don't have a studio to record at. I don't have the money to record at a studio. Like all of these things that you're just lacking and Mm -hmm. everything's always DIY for me. And I've always been a little bit heartbroken and maybe even bitter that I feel like I've had the talent and I've had the material and I've had, uh, you know, the drive but I've never had the resources the same way other people do. Yeah. It, yeah. And it like music really revolves around money a lot these days, which really breaks my heart. A hundred percent. I mean, it's, yeah. Getting studio time, knowing the right people, the whole networking side of it. I say this all the time. You can be the most talented person in the world, but if you don't have the resources and honestly the support at your disposal, you almost have nothing and it sucks. Good thing that happened, but like, anyone can put out music now on like soundcloud yes, exactly so fucking amazing like that is right beautiful that's such a beautiful thing that we can yeah. do now but then also i think because of that we've created ways to propel people which all involves money right, right. so on the studio i went in um and just played one of my songs just played i was like maybe i'll record a song here i don't know how much it costs blah 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 but I played through one of my songs. So I was there with a friend and um, actually uh, Mike Altier, um, who's the owner of the studio, heard my music and was like, hey, can I be your drummer? And so now the owner of the studio is now playing drums for me and now providing me with studio time and providing me with all these resources. And I honestly just feel like the luckiest person in the world from it. Like it's, I, this is, it's what That's I've always Yeah. I feel like I've just been given this fucking golden ticket. You know what I mean? So now I'm just learning everything I can about working in a studio. Like literally after work today, I'm going to the studio for a production lesson. I'm learning how to use Logic Pro. I'm learning how to, you know, do like patch things. I'm like everything. I'm learning how to do all of this so that I can do it by myself. And it's not that I want to... My goal is not to produce my own records. My goal would be to co-produce things. I want to be as hands-on as I can. Uh, but I also have always been a very aware person of if I can find somebody better to do the job, why not have them do it? Um, but then mm-hmm. I want to learn everything. I want to learn sure. everything. I want to know. I, yeah, how- I think that's the drive and passion coming out. Yeah. Well, that's I'm the never- thing. Production is is such a huge part of music making these days it it goes to the thing is like you can be the most talented person in the world but if you don't know how to finish what you're making then you almost have nothing and like it seems like music is just on computers these days and who knows how to work a massive board they do so tracks right now absorb what you can my ears are like tuned to reference tracks right now so like into a song I'm like oh the drums sound really good in this and like (laughs) finding bands that like I never liked but then as soon as the song comes on I'm like oh these guitars sound exactly what I want and I'm fucking pissed because three separate now I've heard a song and like they're all familiar songs but as soon as it started I've been like that's the guitar sound I want it's fucking Green Day really what let's not shit on Green Day they've had plenty of hits day I love I loved them and then there was this moment with Green Day where like my mom was like have you heard the song American Idiot and I was like oh fuck man my mom likes this now you know yeah on like reference tracks and hearing you know the tones of guitars absolutely 
it's so fascinating to me. I've never paid attention to that shit before. And like, once you start ears, just tune to it, you know? It's so crazy. It's like you compare yourself to an average music listener or just someone that like pops on the radio and it's like, oh yeah, that little earworm that's going to be stuck in my head. But once you really know how it's made it, I feel like it kind of changes you. In, in maybe a good way, maybe a bad way, but also would potentially make you a better artist in the long run, knowing what you want and how to like verbalize it. Yeah. And I'm learning like the difference between bands that I like and bands that I um, like as reference tracks. Absolutely. Like the difference between like, oh, I love this band. I love this song, but this isn't what I want to sound like per se. I just, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I'm going through that a lot with like, say like, the band Big Thief. I love that band so much. Yeah. And I'm I'm listening to it and I'm like, actually I don't really want like I like these guitar tones. I like how hard the drums come in at this moment, but like this isn't this is just something I like. It's not something that's a reference track. And it's a really hard thing to tell the difference of I right agree. now. I have to be in yeah. a certain mood to listen to them. And it's not always the most positive mood. <laughs> oh, it's right. But on you put on Big Thief and Phoebe Bridgers, get in your fuck I know. I saw Phoebe Bridgers <laughs> last night, actually, at the oh, Greek, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it was a, it was a good time." But I am happily. <laughs> I should playing tonight. You could probably snag a cheap ticket, Bro, hopefully. What a day! Go to work. Go to the studio. Go see Phoebe Bridgers. There's the fucking like pretty amazing day. <laughs> That's awesome. So I want to know because you know, obviously, you've been involved in music for a while now. Was there a certain point in your life that sort of put you over the edge to be like, I'm going to switch from a music lover to a music creator? Was it an artist or even a specific album that sort of like flipped the switch in you? Honestly, it all, my history with music is really bizarre. It's something that I always wanted to do, but never really took, really took seriously until I was in the most serious situation. Like I was like in high school I wrote I've been writing music for forever and I it's it's always just been my go-to when I was a kid I was just this apathetic little shit and like I wrote sad songs in my bedroom funny bedroom song like I had my guitar I you know that was my ordeal and I was the coffee house girl you know what I mean like that was me when I was younger and I loved it and I loved writing music but it wasn't ever really a I was never confident enough to be like, I'm going to do this. Like I, I I like went to school and like, I was in this like tiny little music program we had at my high school. And after that, I was like, Oh, I want to do music education. I want to, I went to school for um, elementary school music education. I was like, I'm just going to teach kids how to, you know, play the fucking xylophone, sing kumbaya, all the things. (laughs) I love that idea. I was like, little kids to bang on bongo drums. It's going to be great. Um, But after that, I, you know, graduated, I moved to Richmond, Virginia, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna start doing open mics. I started doing those a little bit. And then I decided I wanted to be a musician, but I never, my eyes were never big enough to be like, I'm going to be a musician, musician, like I'm going to be known for this. And I uh, started playing the accordion, weirdly enough. Um, don't act like, eat a pee off. Ooh, um, idea. Yeah, I think I watched Amelie a few too many times. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I like this. Big um, Weird Al fan. Yeah, I fucking love it. <laughs> I, right. Yeah, I, I only good things to say. Comedy Bang Bang, 
very solid, dude. He's yeah, a- it's my favorite. It's my favorite podcast. It's my favorite, yeah, I one love- of my favorite TV shows. He's a champion. Um, but no, yeah. so I started playing Guardian, and then I went on this like, I want to go see country situation. Started backpacking. When ended up down in New Orleans with an accordion, which how perfect. That's um, awesome. Okay, yeah. yeah, keep going. I was a busker. I was a street musician. Sure. I that's a good place to do it. Accordion in New Orleans. What do the fucking tourists want to see? They yeah, want to see like peanut butter and jelly. Right, and I didn't even sing. <laughs> I was doing it. I no? just accordion. Oh, and then one year, I was twenty three. Um, I was back up in Virginia visiting my parents. My parents are huge fans of reality shows, massive okay. fans shows and um so i didn't have money to get my mom a, a present all these things it was mother's day and so i was like okay my grandpa was like why don't you audition for this show your mom will be really happy about it we would all be really happy about it and i was like okay cool and i was like oh, we'll go you know and wait in the big line of american idol where they all have not screaming you know it's so fun and i'll make a day of that with my mom it'll be so much fun and then all of a sudden i got through and then all of a sudden i got through again and then all of a sudden I got through a gap. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, maybe. Oh, shit, it, this is a real thing that's this is happening. I mean, like, you know, at some point in that show, you know, they start putting you in the front of the pictures. You know that they've they've already chosen you. You're already part yeah. of it. And I feel like there's so much producer shenanigans going on in the background, too. But we what do I know? of it the reality television is very difficult for me to watch now yeah uh, with the exception of rupaul's drag race because they just <laughs> sure. Sure. They lean into that shit the yeah they shit. do um but yeah I, all of a sudden i went from you know describing myself as a songwriter and a musician to describing myself as a vocalist and it was just this brand new thing to me i had no idea and I was thrown into this world. I was thrown into this world with people who have been training for this their whole lives. You know? <laughs> it's just like, I just decided to get in line. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> so the worst thing right. Imposter, imposter syndrome that happens from that. Oh, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm not here. You guys are all way better. La, la, la. Um, but yeah, it happened. the side eye the whole time like this bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I smoked hella cigarettes at the time, and everyone made fun of me for it. I was like, no, he's going to go out and smoke because right. you don't care and i'm like listen bitch and oh then that God. raspy ass face took me to a jazz band so. i was gonna say yeah i mean that's bad but you know they yeah. can shape a good voice exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know performance yeah. enhancing drug yeah so like it honestly it was overnight for me it was like love music making I, lo- I loved writing songs i loved writing songs and i loved the feeling of it's still my favorite feeling in the whole world of sitting on a little stool in front of a tiny crowd of people who don't even really want to be there they're here they're there for the happy hour you know what i mean the city yeah. people singing in the background is the bad part of the night for them and then opening my mouth and all of a sudden everyone is paying attention everyone is silent and they're wrapped up in what it is you're saying and it's it's my favorite feeling in the whole world and so i was really obsessed with that i was obsessed with open mics and i never thought that I would actually be able to make a career out of music so it was overnight it was overnight for me and now like i feel like i'm back to square one like i did all of this i started writing music and i started i I had these songs that i loved so much and then i got swept up in you know singing cover songs and doing all of this you know character stuff almost and now 
I've settled back down and I'm right back to, I really just want to focus on these songs that I've written because it's more right. important. But it also me. seems like compared to a reality TV world and syncing covers, you can now be you in a way, like you're, you're writing originals, you're making compelling yeah. music, you're making music that you want to make. And sure, there's nothing wrong with singing covers and there's nothing wrong with like, no. you know, doing big things like that, but ultimately making a name for yourself with things that you enjoy. I would say if you're going to spend the time and the energy on it, you better, you better love what you're making. And it sounds like you actually do. Exactly. I've, I've found, I've found myself in, inside of all of these things I've been doing. Sure. Uh, even if it's very, very different, which is what I'm now you know, trying to handle and deal with is I've developed this fan base, um, but they don't, they never really became my fans for my music, which is a very interesting thing. So it's now, a persona now, thing. Exactly. So now it's like this, this thing of, you know, like eventually I'm going to want to tour this music. And I have decided now that like, I need to do a supporting tour because whenever I do shows now, the people who come out to those shows, they're expecting me to sing my funny album. Right. You know what I mean? They're expecting me to do these jazz songs and be that character. And instead I'm, you know, I think I'm fucking Courtney Barnett. Like it's a whole different ball game that I'm trying to like, really, like, will you guys follow me? New journey situation. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah. It's really a weird fine line in your situation because it's like, you don't want to alienate the people that have been supporting you but at the same time it's just like they need to know the new you and the person that you want to be going forward yeah. so it's just like you kind of have to cater to them in a way but you also have to like mix the new with the old i don't know it's tough i'm hoping that you know they'll follow along and it's been really cool seeing um like my young fans because they have been the ones that, that have grown with me the most because yeah. They like it's it's a lot harder for me to convince um, like a, a soccer mom in Kentucky that they want to listen to you know this rock and roll music. It's a lot easier to you know I was 23 when I was on Idol. I'm 30 now. Yeah. It was a time ago, and so these fans that I have when I was you know 23, these little girls that were you know like the weird girls in their school, and they were like, oh, I saw you on on American Idol. I can be myself now. Like all of the most wholesome shit that there is. Yeah. Um, they've now grown up and they are, you know, listening to the music that I listen to now. And they've been the ones that are the most receptive. That's awesome. To me changing everything. Um, you know, the 80 year old man who says I remind him of his grandmother because I play the accordion, sure. not, not as easy to switch over, but, yeah. uh, you know, maybe one day I'll do a little baby jazz tour around the U.S. and make all the soccer moms happy. There you go. It just shows off your multiple talents. How about that? You can do a little bit of everything. Um, I want to take the focus away from the song for just a moment because I want to talk about this new album, if it's something that you want to talk about. I'd love for you to obviously not give too much away, but sort of what can we expect and are there any release dates on the horizon? Feel free to plug away. <laughs> But right now we're trying to do um, at least one song every month and a half is what we're doing. And we're releasing okay. them all. And right now it's like, I, I, two years ago, right before quarantine, like I said, I decided to get sober. It was a bonkers decision. I done more okay, drugs for the best. I have no idea how the fuck I'm still alive. It is insane. Um, but Hey, you made it this far and you made the conscious decision to okay. stop. So good job. 
yeah, it's 2021. We're all about the self-care situation right now. I did this right, right at the time. It's perfect. Totally. Um, <laughs> and they were like, maybe my life's fucked up. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of time to think. That's for exactly. sure. Exactly. And so now I, I feel like for a very long time, I convinced myself that there was this like tortured artist situation that, you know, from depression and, and, and hurt comes great art. And so I was, you know, just damaging myself constantly with, you know, drugs and like untreated mental illness and all of these things, thinking that I was going to make great art from it. And the reality is I wasn't really writing. I wasn't really making anything. I was, you know, a broken human being. And as soon as I first got sober within the two weeks, I wrote three songs and it was this fucking realization of like, oh my gosh, Clarity actually makes really good art. What a fucking concept. Holy. Um, yeah, and so I've just been a writing, like, crazy person just busting out shit, and it's insane. And now I'm just, at this point, trying to keep up. And me and everybody in my bands and everybody at the studio, we're kind of just listening through these demos and going, okay, let's do this one. Okay, let's do this one. And at the end of this... I really will always love the concept of an album. I'll love an album. I, I'm that age where I love, I grew up with CDs. I want to listen to sure. something from start to finish that is cohesive and tells a story. And Thank you. I, I, I could not possibly agree more. It's, <laughs> it's a lost art almost, and it sucks. Living in a single to single. Listen, there's nothing wrong with re <laughs> releasing a single, but oh. as long as there's going to be a complete project at the end. And that's exactly what I'm doing. So I'm going to release things as singles. And I think there is a plus side to this. The, you know, it's every song gets its moment in the sun. Right. You have your, you know, track six that everyone kind of, it's not the best one on the album, but you know what I mean? Like, got to fill up the 10 songs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their time in the sun and, you know, their own moment. But in the end, I, ha I have to write an album. I love it. I will always love putting on from start to finish a record like that so this is kind of me finding that middle ground that's that awesome yeah. i'm looking forward to it whenever it may come but i'll definitely be paying attention to the singles in the meantime yeah. um <laughs> jerry i've got one more question for you and the question is for basically the person that is going to discover you from this and for the person that's going to listen to your music for the first time what is an opening message that you'd like to say to them as they sort of like dive into your world? Um, open message would be, it's okay to be fucked up. <laughs> it's okay to be broken and it's okay to be figuring, you know, how to, na how to navigate everything. And there's a million other people out there right now that are seeing things through their own eyes that are also fucking broken, you know, and we're all really just trying to keep it together. But there's this huge facade of, of happiness behind underneath of it that I feel like nobody really wants to talk about the sad bits. And I want to put them a little bit more in the open. I want to put them in the forefront and just let everybody kind of understand that even though we don't talk about it, everybody feels these things. And I will always love getting lost inside of a song. It's an um, indescribable feeling to just close your eyes and transport yourself for, you know, three, four minutes into mm -hmm. another world. And that's what I'm trying to do, to just take everybody, you know, outside of their own heads for about three minutes and give them a little break and remind them that 
everyone else feels the same way they do, even if they're not talking about it, you know? That's awesome. That's a fantastic answer. Um, Jai, I want to thank you so much for coming on and kind of bearing your soul and getting it all out there. This has been yeah. a fantastic conversation. <laughs> for everyone else who is listening, I'm going to plug it once again. Chamomile is out. Listen to it. Follow along. Stay tuned because there's obviously so much more on the way that I am personally looking forward to. And I just want to thank you so much again for your just like open and honest answers that really makes for such a better conversation. <laughs> Thanks for you know, letting me do this and stuff. You are very welcome. And I hope we run into each other in LA one of these days. I will say hello. Yeah. I'll run across the street really quick and say what's up. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I'm trying not to be weird and like knock on your window right now. <laughs> one of these days. Okay. <laughs> All right. Have an awesome rest of your day. Have a great studio time. And I, I sincerely look forward to more. Thank you so much again. Of course, of course. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.